This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Hey, what's going on? It's Metal Shop right now. I got John McKenty from vocalist and guitarist from the mighty Incantation. They have a new record called Sect of Vile Divinities coming out August 21st. You probably heard a single from the from the new record. We've been sharing the hell out of it and whatnot. Um, first off, dude, uh, welcome back uh, to 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 you know releasing badass metal music. It's not like you guys have really stopped at all, but it's 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 nice and it's refreshing to get some some sick death metal. Um, it's a weird time in this world. First off, where are you right now? Uh, are you at home? Uh, yeah, I'm at home. I recently just moved to North Carolina, so oh. I'm down here, which is really nice, nice yeah. area to be in for sure. And um, yeah, definitely. Thank you. I appreciate that you dig the new album. And yeah, we're just looking forward to kicking out. How are you doing these days? Uh, you, you said you just moved. Uh, the last few months yeah. have been kind of a show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, weirdest. For sure. Probably the weirdest timeline ever to release a metal album. Uh, in no, in a normal timeline, you'd probably be over in Europe or touring your ass off or something. Um, yeah, yeah. We actually would be in Europe probably now because we had some festivals booked that we had to postpone until next year. So yeah, yeah we definitely would have been, you know, would have been calling you from who knows where. You know, considering everything, how how are you doing? How are you holding up, bro? I mean, I'm doing good. I mean, we tore our asses off for you our did, last yeah. album, Nexus. So it was like, you know, actually the break was. Uh, welcome break, and we also knew after we finished the uh, uh, set the Bible Divinity uh, recording that we were going to have a couple of months to kind of you know chill out a little bit and focus on you know other stuff or new songs or whatever we you know do on that time. So I mean, it, it's it's kind of weird, but the um, the quarantine, all that stuff, didn't really affect things too, too much because we didn't have a lot scheduled and we did have some summer festivals, like I mentioned, and yeah. a few other shows here and there, but, you know, for the most part, up to this point, it really hasn't changed too much. I mean, our biggest problem was just waiting until we were able to get together as a band to kind of film some of the video footage for some yeah. of the singles that got released. Besides that, it's been pretty okay i mean you know when you're touring you know we toured for almost three years straight for uh profane nexus so to have about you know four months of 
not doing much of anything is not the worst problem. I mean, it's way worse for other people that, um, you know, you know, more, you know, regular people are working and have, you know, losing their jobs. There's, you know, a lot, a lot of people have a lot worse than we do in this situation. It's a good way to look at it, man. It's kind of down to earth way to look at it. And, uh, you know, uh, what's, what's a way to, um, so obviously when, um, we're all at home, um, you know, whether or not you can go outside and, and see some, some nice, beautiful landscapes or t- take a walk or whatever, yeah. for the most part, we're all kind of just, you know, uh, doing our own thing and kind of just staying socially distant on a, on a day to day basis. Um, what's something, how do you stay uh, motivated? How do you stay like, um, inspired to, to either create music or just, to, you know, get up and get off your ass? Um, well, I mean, it, as of recently, it's been extremely easy because I just, we have so much stuff always on the, on our plate. Really? I mean, it was only, I mean, yeah, I guess really the whole time I've been kind of keeping pretty busy. I mean, cool. I was really motivated, um, especially about three or four months ago to just work on new material. And I don't even think it had to do a lot with the quarantine, but it just mm-hmm. usually after we finish recording an album, it's like I get so happy to get done with it that I just get inspired to write new material right afterwards. I've been working on the same songs for quite a while. Yeah. So, you know, it just, I just, you know, I don't know what it, what it is. I, I, guess, I guess I feel very fortunate that I get to, you know, play music and being, you know, do the band and everything. Mm-hmm. And that, it just, that just in itself just motivates me to either want to, you know, write music or work on stuff, you know, there's always like stuff we have to kind of, we had to organize, you know, stuff for the videos or whatever beforehand. There's always a lot of work to do. So I just kind of get up and I just, you know, want to work towards, you know, um, kind of like the future of the band. And I just, I, I guess my main thing to not let myself kind of fall into the negative aspect of everything is I just try to stay as far away as possible from watching news on TV mm. because not that, not that I want to be out of the loop a hundred percent, but I just don't like the constant, um, you know, negativity and the division and all this kind of yeah. stuff that they try to do on the news all the time. I try to keep my brain out of it because for me, music, you know, is, you know, a very personal thing, but mm-hmm. also a way to really connect with a lot of people around the world and everything. So it's like, I just try to keep away from all that bullshit, you know, because it just isn't, um, you know, I, I just don't think it's productive. I mean, if you watch the news all the time, you'll think that the world's going to end and yeah. everybody hates everybody or something, you know? It's a lot of mind pollution, dude. Yeah, exactly. So, I actually, I, honestly, I've been feeling better. The less that I pay attention to that stuff, the better it is. Okay. You know, for my my mental health, I think. <laughs> you know, if 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 you were to believe Facebook, then uh, we're in the end times. But you know, if you just close your app, <laughs> close your app, go on a walk, eat some nice food, uh, maybe talk to your friend actually on the phone. Um, I think we'll be okay. Who knows, though? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, yeah, you know, for, for some reason, you know, 
it seems like news or who knows what, you know, wants to just push that everything totally sucks. And of course, things aren't perfect by any means, you know, but instead of like trying to solve any problems, it always just seems like you're just trying to make everybody in a panic. So screw that, you know, who needs that crap? Just create some fucking old school brutal death metal. You guys, uh, man, you guys, <laughs> yeah. um, I gotta say, dude, it's, it's, it's interesting. You guys are one of like the OGs in the death metal game. And these days there's like, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's like a new wave of old school death metal. How, how's that like looking from like being one of the OGs and like having such a, like, uh, an, uh, background in this form of music and, and holding it down for so long? There's got, it's gotta be cool to see all these kids that you probably inspired kind of, um, you know, taking, Taking a page out of your book, what's that like? Well, it's totally awesome. I mean, you know, as, as a especially as a young musician, you know, I never really thought about having this kind of a, a legacy on the scene. It wasn't even like I thought, you yeah. know. We just wanted to just do things our way and just kind of, you know, tell the world to piss off and we're going to play death metal our way. And that's that. It was always really kind of rebellious and just honest what you're doing so it you know to see that there's so many bands that uh, uh, you know within the last i don't know maybe 10 15 years it's so it's slowly started about 15 years but yeah. really within the last 10 is when things really started to you know i started to see a lot of bands that were definitely like obviously influenced by some of our early material which is just really a super huge honor as a musician and a songwriter. I mean, when bands use your um, band as a template to create something of their own out of it as a songwriter, that's like kind of the highest compliment right. you can get because, you know, that means these people really feel passionate about what you did and what you did really did make an impact. When Honestly, we weren't even really that concerned about any long-term impact. I mean, we didn't want to do something special with the band, but we never thought that it would be like, you know, we'd, we'd create... Uh, our own kind of subgenre or anything totally. like that. That was not even a thought, you know. And yeah. there's a, actually, there's a couple of bands. You're from Washington, right? If I remember, like yeah. Fetid Cerebral Rot. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I know there's um, what do you call it? Um, um, Drone and Quarter from yeah. out that way. Yeah, but they've awesome. always they've always um, you know supported us, and they kind of I think use us as an early influence to them and. One of great bands from there, and there's another band from there too that actually I think uses us as an influence. I think it's really good. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's Mortiferum. Yeah, from, Mortiferum, I think, or Mortiferum. Okay, yeah, yeah, Mortiferum. That's how it is. Yeah, they, I I heard them from a drummer Kyle, and I, I thought their album was really good. I could definitely tell that they they had a kind of a Mortiferum Nazarene. Uh, influence on their stuff, but I thought they really took it in a an awesome direction. I was really impressed with their their latest. Well, I think it's the first full one, but I think I, I don't know a lot about them. I just know the stuff I heard was really killer. Oh man, I'm gonna text my friend Tony who plays in that band and let him know that you like you you support them. He's gonna freaking geek out. You don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's killer. I mean, they're, they're, I thought it was great. I mean, I, I, it's like honestly, I don't, I don't really get off a lot on a lot of bands that sound similar to us or use us as an influence because it's kind of weird sometimes, you know. Because you, you know, it's great that bands are influenced by you, but I don't hang around and listen to my own band all the time. What I want to listen to other bands that kind of sound like us is a little weird. But there's certain bands that I hear that you know just kind of. You know, uh, they do something that makes it kind of cool that I could yeah. listen to and be like, wow, that's actually really cool. It's not just like, um, you know, it's not just using us as an influence, but also kind of creating something that building off of it. Special. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's always been my thing when people would ask me about what I would always tell bands that might either that might be influenced to or something it's like it's great if you're influenced by us but you definitely use your own imagination you know to to create something special don't just you know um copy exactly, exactly what you hear because then because then there's no, no almost no use for it but if you you take you know some of the ideas maybe that we kind of started or other bands have started and build upon and make something great and that that's that's awesome so that's exactly what we did as a band we took our influences and build upon them into, you know, our own special thing. So that's awesome. It's like variations on a theme. It's like, okay, yeah. it, take incantation, make it a little thrashier, and add some tech tech death. Okay, there you go. <laughs> it's like yeah, variations, something. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the reality of it, too, is the, the death metal seems only better the more variety mm-hmm. that you have in it. I mean, you know... I, I mean, I, yeah, I have my niches that I like, but, you know, if I go to shows or go on tours, I always like to play with a diverse, you know, kind of bands, too. Totally. I just, to me, it's just, it makes for the show more interesting. I don't need to hear, you know, 15 suffocations. sound exactly the same. <laughs> you know? And variety's the spice of life, you know? Totally, man. Um, well, Let's talk a little bit about your record, man. So, Sect of Vile Divinities, again, it comes out next Friday. Um, you guys, uh, I'm stoked for the record. Uh, you can pre-order it now uh, through Bandcamp or through the uh, Incantation's social media stuff. And, and, and just f- make sure you follow them and, and pre-order and support the bands. A lot of bands, uh, I mean, obviously no one can play shows. So, directly supporting metal musicians that you care for is rad. Um, kudos to you if you do that. Uh, what's... Uh, Okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot, dude. What are three words, three single words that you would use to describe this record? Uh, uh, yeah, I guess it's a little bit under pressure, but uh, one is uh, sincerity. Uh, nice. Okay. One is, I guess, uh, a lot. I, I don't know if it's one word, but like... Um, Thought, I guess. Yeah. Very thought provoking. Yeah. And um, just, um, I don't know, evil. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Honestly, evil. Really thought provoking yeah. and evil. I like it. Um, yeah. Okay, so you guys, um, obviously, some of the originators, and we were just talking about that in death metal, but I'm curious for you, like, what was your, like, thinking back to, to day one, you know, with, with your foray into this underground scene, and I'm sure it was way more underground when you first started getting into it. Like, when, when did you, what was, like, day one of hearing about death metal or, or being exposed to it? What, what band was it, and, and do you remember? Yeah, well, I, I, I for me... Um, the first, the first day, um, 
guess after death for me is when I first heard possess seven churches and nice. that's, you know, I'm, I'm old enough where I got seven churches when it was released, you know, around that time, actually my friend bought the record and the record came with two records inside by accident. They I must've screwed up in the plant. So he gave me his extra copy that came in there. So I, my, I still have my original copy of the possessed album with just the sleeve. That's it, so you know? cool. But, um, and you know, but anyway, when I heard that album, it was just totally, um, totally mind blowing. But honestly, the first listen, I did not get it. I it was, I mean, I knew it was amazing, and I knew there was something really interesting and sick about it. But I did not, um, you know, I wasn't like I listened to it and immediately was like this. You know, I get this. This is, you know, all I knew was this is really, you know, and this is something that I really have to. Um, you know, understand more about like I'm connected to, but I don't get it. And then I would I listened to it probably about I don't know five or six more times over the next couple of days, and it's like all of a sudden started clicking in. And once it clicked, it was just like I just couldn't believe you know how how phenomenal this was because before before possessed seven churches or just. Things were just different, and I mean, there were great metal albums, and there were great even there was you know Venom, and there was a lot of great bands that were being dark and evil. But this was just like the whole package where mm-hmm. the riffs were really evil, the drumming was just really was evil, yeah. you know, the vocals, everything was evil, and that was for me like day one, where I realized that you know for me life kind of changed after that day as far as like that this was, you know, moving, moving on to a more advanced, um, a kind of metal head from just the normal, um, you know, the normal thrasher or like heavy metal or new wave of British heavy metal stuff I was into. Like I knew this was like another next step, you know, the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And, and then obviously, you know, it's all uphill or downhill depending on how you look from it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what, what, what it was after that album, I heard that, you know, I started hearing other bands that were putting out really, like... It's a whole new world, stuff. dude. Yeah. Yeah, they started, like, Hellhammer and Celtic Frost and, um, you know, uh, Mercial Fate really getting into stuff like that. So all these bands were just, like, we started hearing all this stuff, and they all had a really dark vibe to it. And mm-hmm. it was just a, a good fundamental. And then... then Soon after that, or soon a couple of years after that, I got into tape trading. Once I joined my uh, band before Incantation Revenant, I started getting into tape trading and buying pansies in the mail and stuff. And then, then like the floodgates even opened more. Once I started hearing, you know, I don't know bands like Necrophagia, mm-hmm. like you know, demo stuff and demo stuff from Death and um, Massacre and. Uh, hearing about bands like Sepultura and all these bands that were just like, you know, at that time were just so extreme. So it's like, you know, a path of just more and more extreme and all this stuff just inspired me as a musician to finally want to start Incan and do, um, you know, do my version of telling the world the stuff they want to play the music, you know, we want to play kind of thing, you know, just make it as evil and dark as possible. We wanted to do our part in like, 
corrupting the world with our music, you know? I like it. That's awesome. That's that's a pull quote right there, man. That's perfect. Um, <laughs> okay, so now that, now that we're thinking about those times and we're thinking about like the history of death metal and, and all of that, I, I'm, I gotta ask you, and I like to ask um, death metal musicians this question because it has never been, you know, written about really, in, at least that I've seen. Uh, we all know the big four of American Thrash, Slayer, Anthrax, Megadeth, Metallica. In your opinion, your personal, what's your big four of death metal? Wow. Holy crap. Um, yeah, that's almost impossible. Holy crap. <laughs> I mean, um, it, 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 it's circumstantial to the time, but I mean, for me, I, I guess it would, I mean, the death has to be in there because it was the, the, the first for me. I mean, 1A, it yeah. stuck with me. Yeah, and I would have to say probably that would be too. I mean, I, I, I mean honestly, I'm not a super huge fan of the later depth, but the earlier depth stuff had a super huge impact on me yeah. as a uh, musician. So I mean, that's super important. I'd have to say uh, Necrophagia probably. Okay. Uh, Seasons of the Dead album was such an important prototype death metal album for me. Um, and then maybe, uh, man, that's tough to say. There's so many great ones, but uh, I'll just go with I'll go with Morbid Angel because okay, cool. Um, Morbid Angel back in the late '80s, especially, was so forward in their thinking at that time. I was actually just talking to someone about the um, that Kingdom Come demo that they did in '87, and when I heard it, it's like I just I heard the future of death metal in that recording. It was just amazing. I think everybody felt that way. So okay. th- th- those are kind. Of, even though there's there's so many great death oh, metal yeah. bands, those oh, are just yeah. the ones that really, you know, I would say were you know, my big four, at least at the moment, it'll probably change tomorrow. Right on, man. From now. That's a solid big four. Absolutely. And, 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 and like I said, you know, I didn't vet these questions with you. So this is all right, straight off the hip. So, you know, um, yeah. And, uh, okay, so I gotta ask you a question for our man, Ryan the Beard. He always brings this up when I say incantation. And, <laughs> I'm sure you've been asked this before. In 1997, a band called Anal, aka AC, wrote a song called "Kyle from Incantation Has a Mustache." What's yeah. What's the story? <laughs> well, yeah, actually, I mean, I mean, that's kind of Kyle's story because, okay, Ky, I mean, we we all were friends with uh, Seth. I mean, um, I, I toured really. I think my first tour we ever did, we played with it was. Us, Anal, and this band, Flem, uh, we did a short tour of, like, Texas back, this was 91, I think it was. Okay. So we had a long relationship with Anal, and those, and they're just, they've always been good friends. And it's crazy, because people wouldn't think that, like, a, a noise grind band and, and a hand cam would be kind of like... Uh, a band that would tour a lot together, but it just worked because both bands just had a total piss, you know, screw you kind of attitude. Yeah. It just kind of worked. Um, but yeah, basically, like, Kyle and Seth just used to hang out and party a lot. They were both really into drugs and stuff back then, mm-hmm. so they would just have, like, lots, you know, party and get really high and stuff. And I guess one day over at Kyle's house, uh, Seth was just playing the acoustic guitar that was hanging around and just started jamming on this. Uh, it was 
I think the song is actually like a creator riff or something, <laughs> and he just starts singing, you know, the Kyle the incantation. Uh, you know, he just starts singing it at, over there, whatever. And he just, you know, they were just kind of joking around. And yeah. Think, oh yeah, I got to do this on the next album, blah blah. And Kyle kind of thought it was a joke or whatever. Nope. And then out of nowhere, like a, like a couple months later, Kyle gets a call and he's like, you know. You know, this is a Kyle lives in Cleveland. Seth lives in Massachusetts, and, and Seth was like, "Coming out to Massachusetts, we need you to record the song." You know, <laughs> and Kyle was like, "What?" And he, and Kyle was like, oh, fuck it, "I'll do it." And he drove out and he recorded the drums. It was just like a one take version of the song, put yeah. it on the album, and then basically like Kyle, Kyle left, and um, I guess they they decided they wanted to put Kyle's voice on the song too, where it says "Hi, I'm Kyle from Incantation of a Mustache." So Kyle was actually at his house on his phone, and he just called him up, and he just took the phone and put it to the <sighs> microphone That's awesome. and used that for the Kyle's singing part on the album or talking part or whatever. Pretty crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. I had to hear I had to hear it straight from you guys about the story. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, and, 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 and it has to do with that, also with the fact that Seth is a big. Uh, well, he was a big uh, fan of, uh, what's that, the uh, village people, you know? He uh-huh. sees Kyle because of his mustache. He looked like the village people, oh, you know? awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you, who who would have known that the guy from AC, Seth Putnam, was a huge village people fan? Well, now you oh, do. It was, he was, he was, it was insane. He, he would go to uh, Las Vegas and watch him, you know, they'd play like multiple nights in a row, and he would just go there and watch him every night. Whoa. <laughs> Amazing. He's hardcore. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, Seth was a character. He's a, he's a great guy. He's, he's, he's definitely missed. It's uh, sad that he's gone, but yeah. it happens, unfortunately. Well, uh, John John McKenty from the band Incantation, obviously Sect of Vile Divinities coming out August twenty first. One more question for you, dude. Pick a scar. Pick a scar on your body and tell us the story of how you got it, dude. Okay, well, I have a, a pretty good scar across my skull that oh. I got. Um, that when uh, we were coming back from. Uh, formula shale to the flesh tour morbid angel mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I feel bad it's another drug story on Kyle Uh-oh. but anyway we were driving <laughs> home and Kyle just made a really bad decision of doing some uh, storing some heroin while driving and I was sleeping in the back of the van and he ended up driving off the road because he nodded out we c- crashed our van flipped over and I basically scratched, you know, there was like a kind of a, a whole, a, 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 a shirt hanger holders in the back of the car. And that thing got jammed kind of right into the side of my head and kind of cut, cut my skull open, um, kind of around the back a little bit. And, um, yeah. And basically all our gear and everything was out on the, uh, highway and, yeah, that uh, that band was pretty much toast. Not luckily, nobody died in the situation. Yeah. Just Kyle and myself were in the van at the time, and um, yeah, soon, soon after that, I we, yeah, we had a talk with Kyle. and said maybe it's time to get checked out about this drug problem. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Hey, hey, man, and like honestly, that is that is a wake up call, and that's um, that's a, a blessing that you guys. Were you know that could have been so much worse. So at least you have oh, that story sure. to tell. You know that you live to tell the well, story. 
Kyle, Kyle feels bad about it, obviously, you know, he just, he, yeah. I mean, he was, he was having drug problems, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, after, after stuff like that happens, you know, you, you really realize that like, you know, okay, you know, it's, it's one thing to, you know, want to try to be recreational, have fun with drugs, but once it starts taking control and you're doing stupid things where mm-hmm. you're going to might kill people that you care about, you know, I and mean, that's, that's not cool, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. So don't, don't do heroin, everybody, okay? You heard it here first. No, you probably heard it before <laughs> yeah. this, but you heard it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, newsflash. Heroin is not a good drug to do. Word. Well, okay, man, uh, this is obviously Seattle and the Northwest. Uh, Do you have any final words for the Northwest before uh, your album, Sectifile Divinities, comes out next Friday? Any final words for him, John? Uh, well, I just want to thank you guys out there. I mean, Owen's awesome. You always have a great time playing out there. And just, um, you know, I look forward to seeing you guys once all this craziness is over with and stuff. Hopefully things will be back to normal and we'll be able to, you know, play some metal and just hang out with all our friends over there. And thank you so much for the support. Check out the album, you know, give it, give it a few listens. Hopefully you guys like it. And, um, yeah, just, um, uh, you know, yeah, don't be a poser. <laughs> Yes, the words to live by. Awesome, John. Thanks so much for the interview, dude. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep. Have a good one, bro. Okay, take care. Thank you. You too. This has been Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.